Hello, and welcome to Classroom Confessionals, the show that gives a real and behind-the-scenes look at how teachers and professors deal with the daily grind and challenges of teaching, both in and outside of the classroom. This is a podcast designed by teachers and for teachers. No matter where you are on your teaching journey, know that you are not alone. We hope to educate, entertain, and commiserate with you. Welcome to Classroom Confessionals. Now, on to the show. Well, hello everyone and welcome to episode 1. I'm excited to get this to get this going. Uh so I did a quick Reddit search and <laughs> I came across something that I think is is sort of perfect for um for this episode and hopefully for episodes going forward. But the question is, college professors of Reddit, what is your, quote, I'm surprised you made it out of high school story? So I'm sure uh, any of us who are teaching, or maybe it's some surprise you, you made it to high school, um, any, any teachers out there probably have one or two of these stories. But uh, I'm just ripping this off right off of Reddit because I, I think this is great. Um, Let's see. Uh, I worked with, this is number one, I worked with students in a class that was supposed to prepare, prepare them for real life. Things like making resumes, finance, etc. Uh, part of the class was job interviews. So one of the, one of the stress questions often asked in interviews is, what's your, what's your biggest weakness? That They always ask that, or at least in these mock interviews, they, we ask that so students have a at least have some sort of answer prepared, or at least they're not so surprised by this question. So what's your biggest weakness? And I've always told my students to have something prepared uh, for that because the only wrong answer is I, you know, I don't have any weaknesses. So I'm doing the mock interviews and I get to this guy and throw out that question. And without, a, without missing a beat, he says, I steal sometimes. <laughs> uh, I now tell my students that there are um, two wrong answers. And then the comment says, uh, I'd go with three wrong answers. Nobody, and I mean nobody's going to believe I I just work too hard as one of your greatest weaknesses. Yeah. That reminds me of the Michael Scott, you know, I, I care too much. <clears throat> yeah, that's um, that doesn't work. Student... Uh, Number two, student handed in a one-page essay of complete gibberish. Uh, I just like the writing of this. Like utter stream of consciousness of a gerbil on LSD kind of garbage. After receiving an F on this assignment, this muffin (laughs) had the audacity to come to my office hours and demand that I explain this grade to them. After I walked them through their river of word garbage... They tried to tell me that I I just didn't understand their writing because I am not a native English speaker. First time I almost kicked somebody out of my office. That's good. Uh, Number three, uh, I taught English as a second language at a community college for a decade. My colleagues and I were pretty tough on the academics, but it paid off when our students started regular classes. Often I ran into my former students on campus and asked them how things were going, and I have lost count of the number of times they expressed disbelief at how badly their native-speaking American classmates 
were at writing sen- sentences, doing math, and giving presentations in front of a group. I can definitely attest to the truth of that. I mean, there are students that are really, really good. And they're, I mean, I, I feel bad at times because it's like, well, you should be teaching in this class. Um, conversely, it's almost like there's a huge dichotomy. The really, really excellent students who um, probably would do well in any course or any program and not being challenged enough to the ones that it, it almost seems as if they were not native speaking uh, students and especially when they get in front of a group. So this Redditor's thread got 6.5 thousand upvotes and over 3,000 comments. Um, this goes to show how many university and college professors and other educators are browsing Reddit. Yes, it's true. Um, And the anonymity that Reddit provides means that we as professors can share our stories pretty much without um, identifying who they are. And really, I mean, these are just stories that people share openly and, uh, you know, identities are anonymized Um, And it could just be, I heard this from a friend. Um, But it also lets educators vent about their experiences. So it's a a win-win. Number four, I got an exam essay that mentioned (laughs) how much much Mandela hated the Jews. (laughs) After scratching my head for a bit and wondering if I'd missed some obvious signs of his anti-Semitism, I realized she meant Mengele. I think that's how you say his name. Mengele. As in Yosef Mengele, the Nazi angel of death. And then she writes, or he writes, uh, hard to think of a worse person she could have confused him for. And then one of the comments says, the Mengele effect (laughs) strikes again. (laughs) Uh, Number five, uh, my wife has had multiple students who are fundamentally technologically illiterate. Numerous students have no idea how to use Word or Excel, um, including one who used their email as a word processor. Our university provides students with Office. There have also been students who uh, struggle with installing programs on computers. What's disconcerting is it's becoming an increasingly common issue Uh, This person posts, as an older millennial, the idea that kids are becoming less technologically proficient is so bizarre. Yeah, I I think that is really interesting. There are, again, students that just are tech heads. They're they're coding their own Java applets or coding their own little snippets. They have mobile apps that they use and they've edited. Uh, they've jailbroken their phones. And then you have students that honestly have never or it seems like they've never used a word processor or Excel or email before. Um, I mean, let alone, you know, the grammar and proper email etiquette. But that is perplexing to me because I know uh, having uh, two children in, in high school now that uh, – you know, office and office productivity tools, they're, they're required to use those. Google Docs, Open Office. So it is kind of confusing. Just a few more. Number six, uh, once had identical 
<laughs> twin sisters turn in identical essays. Both both were directly plagiarized from a Google search and both received identical zeros. Good for you. Somebody wrote twin karma. Uh, Oh, I like this. I've been a student and I've seen my fair share of course mates and professors. Some educators were and still are so magnificent that I miss their lectures like Harry Potter, Mrs. Quidditch. They're the people who still make me consider going after my PhD sometime in the future. Meanwhile, others are petty, bureaucratic, and concerned with only following the curriculum instead of becoming uh, beacons of knowledge. I like that. Um, however, just like there's a range of professors from great to gruesome, there's a spectrum for students too. On one side, we have young adults who are diligent, ambitious, and see education as a gateway to bettering themselves into ver veritable giants of intelligence. That's a great phrase. On the other side, we'll find the slobs, the endless partygoers and cheaters who want the diploma without the hard work. It's the eternal debate between doing things the right way versus doing them the easy way. Number seven, I had a girl come in with a research paper. Oh, this is a good one. Research paper, bibliography, so the references section. And then she listed my mom, uh, quote my mom as a source several times. When I pressed, she told me her mom looked up everything and sent it to her and she just put it in the paper. And then she responded, she, she said, this is how it's always been done. She told me she had always done it that way. Ugh, brutal. So helicopter parenting uh, overload. Parents, don't do the work for your children. And also, don't call professors. <laughs> don't call us. Well, don't call anyone. Email. I guess you can text, but you shouldn't have my number. But don't, don't call. That's... Um, don't do that, especially I've had undergraduate students, parents call. I've had MBA graduate students, parents call. Um, and it that does not bode well for you. Uh, number eight, I'll just go through the top 10 here. Uh, number eight, uh, a friend who taught in the politics department, maybe political science or government foreign affairs, politics department, received a paper about, <laughs> quote, guerrilla uh, warfare, but not guerrilla, guerrilla, the animal, G-O-R-I-L-L-A, warfare in South America. It was so poorly written, she couldn't tell if it was a typo or if they genuinely thought Colombia had been overrun by a Planet of the Apes-style revolution. This was in the UK, and English was the student's first language. Uh, <laughs> number nine, one student wrote in a discussion board about the Lord of the Flies, and the student wrote, I quote, I like how they saved all the flies. That was my favorite part. <laughs> uh, if you've read the book, you can guess the look on my face. And number 10, I had a student include uh, numerous emojis in a term paper. And then a different student came into my office a week after the final and asked me why she had failed the course. She hadn't turned in a single assignment or written the final. 
These are brutal. Yeah, so that is for... Oh, wait, this is a good one. I'll end on this one. Um, my dad taught junior college biology and at times zoology and botany for 25 years. So he has so many stories from multiple people, <laughs> multiple people showing up with roadkill for him to identify, asking advice on growing weed and shrooms. Uh, and thinking he was a medical doctor. The one that sticks out to me was a poor girl who lingered after class to ask if, quote, if pregnancy tests can ever be wrong because I took a bunch this morning. <laughs> uh, so he explained about human growth hormo hormones and told her how false negatives are possible, but false positives not likely. He said her face just kept falling as it slowly dawned on her. She told him, quote, three were negative. So he asked, well, how many were positive? She said, yeah. Well, he asked if any were positive. She said, he, she said, yeah. He asked how many? And she said, 12. So you're saying it's not possible that I'm not pregnant. And he said, sorry, unfortunately, yes, that's what I'm saying. You need to go see a doctor. So full circle, she came back a couple semesters later and let my dad meet her very adorable baby. That's great. I love that ending. Oh, these are great. So that is uh, Classroom Confessionals. I hope to find – there's a whole bunch more stories like this. So that's my job to continue to research stories and to gather stories from my colleagues and friends to share my own. Um, so if you have any stories, please, please send those in. I have a Gmail account set up at uh, classroomconfessionals at gmail.com. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you are a teacher, professor, instructor, TA, involved in education in any capacity, we'd love to hear from you. Please send us your favorite interesting classroom stories at classroomconfessionals at gmail.com. Also, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast as this helps us reach more teachers who could use the encouragement. Thank you.